Welcome back to the 4A Baseball Podcast. We are back yet again after another exciting week of baseball. It's just Tom and I today. We are Bradless, some would say. Tom, how are we feeling? It's been a rough three days for me um, coming off the series sweep versus the Nats. Um, I was uh, fortunately or unfortunately at two out of three of those games, and I got to witness my team uh, lose to one of the worst franchises in baseball. Um and we're gonna we're gonna recap that to start the episode most likely. Um, what went wrong in the series? How do how do we come up? How how do we fix ourselves after the series? Uh, because that is awesome. a hit in the nuts. That's that's really a this shocker for us. Um, and that was this was supposed to be a a time we were supposed to be taking advantage of a bad team, and moving up in the standings where we really just didn't move. But everyone else in the wild card race also sucked this series. So we didn't lose ground, but we didn't gain any. So pretty uh-huh. pretty negative. No, no one gained ground. It literally, the Diamondbacks lost three games in a row. The Phillies, oh, I'm saying the Reds are on a five-game win streak. So, I mean, we're all we're all tied right now. It's 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 going to be close. But the Giants have been on the road since the All Star break ended, and we haven't had a single day off um, this entire time. I think we're a little tired. Uh, I mean, you can argue that the Dodgers have had a road trip since the All Star break, but they have breaks between their series because it's the Dodgers and not the Giants. Because they get they get the princess treatment. Brad, if you're watching that, yep, write that down. Um, but really, I it was a disappointing series to watch. The the, the bats did not show up. The pitching, um, I can't make comments on the pitching because we didn't really put in our good guys. We literally put Sean and I out there, Desclafani, Wood. These guys need to be DFA'd. They're not that good. Um, the only one who I'm truly disappointed in is a Logan Webb start, and that was because he couldn't locate the changeup. And that's really his swing and miss pitch. He wasn't generating many swings and misses because the, the, the changeup was going directly into the ground. And for that reason, it was hard to strike people out. And they were literally, I can't make this up, three seven pitch at bats in a row or more. So um doesn't help. Uh, Steves, what are your comments on the series? So I was fortunate enough to be at one of the three games. Uh, the one where we won ten to one. That was it. Was a great game. It was a great game to watch. Uh, Jets got outscored twenty one to five against the Washington Nationals this year. It's not a good look. It's not a good look at all. Um, we've obviously had our arguments off air about it. Um, C.J. Abrams has been on the trend lately since like mid June. I'd say he's been on a pretty pretty good tear. Um, he's trending upwards. Um. On both both sides of the ball, right? He he said he went from the first percentile and outs above average to the second percentile and outs above average, which right, is improvement. improvement. That's a jump. That's a jump um, right he there. Homered, did he homer today? Twice. I don't think he homered today, right? He didn't homer today, but he homered twice. So yeah, he homered he homered in two of the three games this series, which is very good and improvement. Good thing we need to see. Dylan Cruz came out, saw him in game two. He hit some BP before, kind of got shown the jumbotron. It was really cool. Um, I mean, outside of that, pitching for the Nats looked good. Uh, Josiah Gray did his thing. Um, Jake Irvin looked pretty good as well. I mean, that was the closest game, right? He gave up three, three. Um, in that game. And then uh, uh, Mackenzie Gore looked the best, I would say, out of the three of three of the pitchers, that the three young pitchers we had. I did get to meet Jake Irvin, too. He's a very nice guy. He's very tall, but very nice. Uh, I would like to go over the positives from the series first. Um, there are none, but Jock Peterson did hit like 18 nukes, uh, five doubles, and, you know, he popped off. Uh, he owns the Nats. Uh, he had an on-base percentage on the series at like 900. So 
Um, good series for Jock. It's too bad there was no one on base to drive in or anything. Um, the right. offense can't get it going, and, and they really can't. I mean, we can talk about how at the deadline this team is supposed to go out and get a pitcher at the deadline, but we really have to address the middle infield. It's horrible. I mean, so, Casey Smith and Brett Wisely cannot cannot produce offensively or, or in that matter, defensively to, to stay above ground. And these last three batters in the lineup literally boost pitchers' confidences. Like, Josiah Gray struggled the first time through the Giants' li- li- uh, lineup when he pitched against him. And so did so did, um, so did did Jake Irvin. But when you get to the end of the lineup, you strike three guys out in a row, you feel great, and you come back stronger. And that was the bottom of the Giants' loadout lineup. Uh, lineup. There's a million things I can talk about. There's a million things I can talk about. The fact that you're not starting Austin – I mean, uh, you're, not ta- you're not starting Slater. You're not starting um, Wilmer Flores. You're not starting half the team that's producing well offensively. And you choose to put the guys out there that aren't competitive. Another reason why they pulled Logan Webb early and put Sean Mania, our worst pitcher that should be DFA'd, in the game for five and two-thirds innings versus the Nats. It's It was really not a competitive series because I don't think we made it one because we didn't try. It was weird. Um, I will say Casey Schmidt looked lost at the plate when I yes. was watching him. Like, he looked absolutely clueless. I mean, outside of that, the, the Giants, they looked abysmal top to bottom. They didn't look like they were a competitive team, right? The Nationals looked like a competitive team when they played them. Like, I, I, I don't know what it was. Maybe there's, a, maybe there's some sort of underneath, like, rivalry or something. I'm not sure. But, I mean, the Nets came to play, and it looks like the Giants came and – expected to have an easy sweep in here and the exact opposite happened they had what was it it was 92 96 96 96 sounds right they had the nationals have not won or swept a series since june 16th of 2021 that was 96 straight 92 or 96 straight series that they have not swept they swept the giants that's not good that's not a good look for your team is that is that is that supposed to be a dig on me or a dig on you stats because i mean I, we didn't have trouble well, sweeping the best team in baseball I, I i don't know um, it's not. I, I'm just saying you're right. You're supposed to be this competitive team that is fighting for a wild card spot and getting swept by the one of the worst teams in baseball. It's not a good look. But even if we didn't play like it, right? The Nationals, the young guys are actually looking somewhat competent now. Like C.J. Abrams is trending upwards. Haybert's trending upwards. Luis Garcia is Luis Garcia. Josiah Gray still looks good. Mackenzie Gore still looks good, right? Like. I mean, the so, young guys that we were expecting to play at a high-ish level are starting to do that. So let me make this clear: the offense is completely dormant, right? But I want to talk about how you you think that this offense is legit after this this series. But oh, no, 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 I don't, fit, I don't think that you did very well in 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 uh, rattling Logan Webb because he wasn't able to locate. He they, the Nats literally did not have any solid contact versus Logan Webb. They just fouled 10 pitches off and then walked, which was good for them. And it rattled him. And then Gabe comes in, pulls him at 52 pitches. This was the only competent pitcher you guys faced this entire series. You didn't get to see, you didn't get to see Camilo Doval. You didn't get to see Taylor or Tyler Rogers. You didn't get to see Tristan Beck. You didn't get to see Alex Cobb. You saw Ryan Walker and struck out. He struck out the side. Um, you also got to see, um, what's his name? Um, Luke Jackson. He also struck out the side. It seems like when you saw competent pitching, you didn't do very well. You hit you you absolutely teed off on Manaya, Desclafani. You teed off on um 
you didn't tee off on Scott Alexander, but you, you scored runs on him. You scored runs on guys that we shouldn't have put out there in the first place. And granted, I don't think even if we put our best guys in, I think we still would have lost because the offense was so bad. But the, the offense that you guys produced against these these mediocre pitchers probably won't be on the Giants in the next month. So I I, I don't know what to, what that take what to take out of that, but I don't think Desk I don't think Manaya or Wood will be on the team in a month. I think they're going to be DFA soon. And the fact that you got to play a whole game versus them and only one by two it is I don't know. I'm not saying that the that the Nats offense is like top of the line. Like, I don't know where you're getting that from, but I do think they showed out and looked pretty decent. They didn't look like an incompetent, like, yeah. You know, I just wish that Gabe threw our best at you. And I don't think uh, he took you very, I don't think he took very serious steps. Who was our, I mean, obviously Logan Webb. No, no, no. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. You said there was no hard contact, which is not true. There was like, I think there was three hard hits. Go, are you looking back there right was, now? Yeah, I'm looking. Corey Dickerson single is 103.2. Alex Call's triple was 106.6. CJ Abrams was 98. It was, hold on, that's the wrong night. Hold on. That's the exit ex velocity. I'm looking at exit velocity. Uh, you had three hard hit balls off Alex Wood and five runs. I, it's just, a, it really is just a, a, a offensive, like, you know, adjustment for them. Uh, Logan I'm just, saying, I'm just up... saying, I the situational hitting was very, very good. Three. There's three hard um, balls. That's what I said. Yeah. 103, 106, 98. And then Dom Smith singles 93. But that was a routine ground ball if he's in the correct position, which he wasn't, which is good situational hitting. Yeah, I mean, I it was just kind of a sad performance. Um, Logan, he didn't even reach 52. Uh, hey, Tom, you know how you were complaining about the umpire being ass? I know. He, the, the thing came out. But look at the accuracy. Look at the overall accuracy. You see it? It's pretty yeah, bad. 93%. I don't I don't know what goes into that Stevs, but at the end of the game, he caught the, the ump cost us two base runners. So I don't know what happened earlier in the game, but it must have been pretty bad for the Nats because that that that's at least gotta be at least a fourth of a run. Because ball there was a ball four and no, there was a ball three and ball four, both called strikes. Um and then there was a ball one called a strike in the same inning. So I figured that it was probably a bad well, so the three impactful missed calls, number three was top of the fifth grade, a wisely zero outs, bases empty, 0-2 count, strike is called a ball. Uh, bottom of the second, Webb Smith, zero outs, runners on first and second, 0-0 count, ball is called a strike. And then top of the first graded Peterson, zero outs, runner on first, 3-1 count, ball, strike is called a ball. Did you see what today's was? Because in game one, you had about uh, a run. No, it doesn't come out until tomorrow. Okay, because you had you had the favor in game one, we had the favor in game two, and I guess game three is gonna come out. No, come out tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the team, the team. Yeah. Let, let me see what Luke Jackson. Yeah, Luke Jackson, zero hard hit balls. I, all I'm saying is it's that it's just like yeah, Alex Call had the hardest hit ball. I know. One hundred six point six. Anyways, all right, let's move on to the next topic. I think we talked about our Giants and our Nats for enough, right? Because, like, obviously the Giants need to buy at the deadline. They need to get some, uh, probably a good bat. Um, what happens? Oh, is, is, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about is, that. Is Crawford, is Crawford just hurt? Like, what's up with him? He's Brandon? on the 10-day. He's just got some knee problem. Okay, so, I mean, no, when they oh, get Crawford oh, oh. back, that'll be fine for the middle infield. And then they need pitching, obviously. 
And the Giants have about. a trade target in mind. Um, Roman? Is that the one? Oh, no, no. Justin Verlander? Yeah, but they're also looking at Lane Thomas. Um, so, um, yeah, we're on the list That's of the bat. teams. That's the bat you need right there. Yeah, I mean, if you can't I beat don't him, think, just I still don't think the him. Nats deal. I, deal. I don't think the Nats deal Lane Thomas. I don't think it'll be smart. I think they should. I, I think his BABIP is way too high, and he's going to regress. I think whoever gets the player will probably. But let me say this. Lane Thomas is the lefty destroyer. This dude's splits are insane. I I have gained respect for Lane just because he's so good at hitting lefties. I've literally never seen him not get a hit versus lefty. He's literally five for five versus lefties in the games I've watched. So let, let me see what he's doing. He's batting 368 with a 1071 OPS um, versus lefties. Versus righties, he is 261, 725 OPS. So um, not to mention he struck out. His strikeout radio ratio is insanely higher for righties. So I, I would love him as a platoon guy. I think that's more what he shapes out to be because he's just a lefty killer. But what do you think about that? I mean, Lane, Lane Lane's a good fit in well, a lot of lineups. But so that leads into kind of our next topic, which is the five under the radar tar- trade targets at the deadline, which is a baseball savant article. Um, or it's all baseball savant, it's an MLB article, but. The potential fits for Lane Thomas, he was one of the names on here, was Brewers, Guardians, Twins, Rangers, Giants, and Yankees. Um, still, uh, the, still the best position for him might be in a platoon situation. Thomas is 1.041 OPS against lefties. I just said. In the top 10 These guys uh, in the game this year. For the course of his career, that's uh, 9.01. That's due in some part to the fact that he has a much larger strikeout rate against righties, 27%. Dude, that is literally what I just said. I am literally an MLB writer. I am literally an MLB writer. Um, Oh, my gosh. It's worth pointing out that the three teams who are in the hunt for the division titles, Guardians, Twins, Brewers, are the three teams with the weakest performance against lefty pitchers by corner outfielders or designated hitters. Yeah, Um, I mean, I think... So, right, so it it boils down to this, right? The Natch traded the corpse of John Lester for Lane Thomas. If we could get, if we could get something that's like good value, I I I'm okay with that. I just don't think we should trade Lane Thomas. I mean, yeah, he's 28. He probably won't be on our next contending team, but I think, I think it'd be smart to. I don't think it'd be smart to trade him. But I do agree with your regression. I think he will regress. I think you should hop on right. it just because it was such a fast, um, come up, and I think just as fast as he came up, he can go right back down. So. I I don't know I don't I don't see it continuing. I said this earlier in the season and he's gotten better, so maybe he is truly breaking out. I do like that he looks like one of the best uh, left fielders in the game, and I I do like how his fielding's got increasingly better. So we're like in the twentieth percentile instead of the uh, first, and his 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 peripherals his his advanced saber metrics have looked significantly better recently. Not like crazy better, but you know they're about mediocre. Um. It's probably due in part to the fact that he's a lefty killer, but um, I honestly think Lane's your best your best move. I think he's better than Jamer, and I think that he's a better player to trade. I mean, I think they should both go, but I think Lane Lane has to be moved. And I mean, just talking about Jamer, we already talked about where he could go. There's a million teams that could use both Jamer and Lane Thomas. So you, you, the Nats are going to be getting a lot of calls from teams that are willing to give up a lot, and it's going to turn into a bidding war. You know, you're going to get good prospects. A lot of calls. I mean, Jamer, 
even if he's not producing offensively, he still walks a lot. Uh, and he, he's good. He's good on the field. So I think you, you, either way you win. Uh, I don't want to say Dickerson's good because he hit two, he hit like three hits off of us, but he's okay. I mean, he's a good contact guy, I guess. I mean, I, I think we'll move Dickerson for some sort of player. I think the only like player that we signed specifically to trade is that we're going to hold on to is Don Smith. And I could even see us d- him see us DFAing him, like after the deadline or whatever when we get to like September call ups, just to, like try and test some other guys. Maybe see if Riley Adams could get some first base experience. If K Bear keeps sucking behind the dish, like his framing metrics don't look very good, right? If he keeps not doing so well, which so I, hold on, sorry, I'm gonna go on a tangent here, but I saw a tweet and it was like Shay Langoliers is terrible at framing, which is true. But then I saw one kind of similar that was like K-Bear, like he's at the bottom. But like if you look at where his gloves set and where the pitch is, there's no wonder he's not getting the calls, right? Because he has to move his gloves so much because the pitchers aren't hitting their spots. So you're saying if he had better pitchers on his – I don't know about that, Steve. I think it's a combination of him and the pitchers. I don't think the blame should be solely placed on K-Bear. That's what I'm trying to say. But I do think it might be a decent idea. Maybe see if he could play some first base. I don't know. I'm probably just talking out of my, you know, what on that one. But I, I think it could be a decent idea. I know, um, ah, what's his name? Thomas White, TJ White, one of our one of our top prospects. I know someone uh is trying to play first base. He was an outfielder. Yeah, um, I mean, I I want to keep it moving. Just just going on a Jamer because he's also on this list of players. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I mean, he has the tools to help someone in the playoff run. I mean, you saw guys get moved 2021, Eddie Rosario, a guy that's not, or I mean, even Jorge Soler when he got moved guys that aren't necessarily superstars that make a huge difference down the line. I, I think Jamer could do that for uh, any team that's making a run. Um, he's the only uh, one, so... he's the only person on the Nats who can, who can actually walk. So, I mean, it's, it's a valuable tool. And he's a switch hurdy. You got to keep that in mind. The potential fits are Brewers, Marlins, Phillies, and Yankees. And I think between us, it was the Marlins and the and the Phillies being the main targets. Yeah, I don't do you think the Nats are petty like that? Do you think they're going to be, you know, anti-trading to your division rivals? No, the Nats really aren't normally like that. The player I was thinking of was TJ White. I was right. Okay. Um, sorry. No, you go. Should we should. Uh. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think it could go either way, but I don't think the Phillies or I don't think the Nats are gonna do that, especially with like it's only a one year rental, right? So I don't think it's the worst idea in the world because you're not competing this year. It's not like you're trading him. It's not like both the Nats and the Phillies are competing and you're trading a guy that could help them, right? Yeah. All right, so let's head over to the White Sox now. So there's two names on this five under the radar list, and it was Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly. Right, so Lance Lynn, obviously, I mean, he's a big enough name. Like, we had him in our list. Um, but I don't think we talked about Joe Kelly. But Lance Lynn, I mean, he's, had, he's been pretty effective this year so far. Um, his strikeout rate's up. Um, he's just as effective as he's ever been against right-handed hitters, is the exact quote. Um, so his potential fits are Dodgers, Braves, Rangers, Orioles, and Rays, right? So, I mean, I I think anything's really possible for him. I don't know if I'm the first what one to you, say what this, you... but I don't I don't like 
Lance Lynn this year. He doesn't look that good. I mean, he's got a six ERA, and the expecteds don't like him either. He's got a five expected ERA almost. It's like it, it, it's he doesn't look very good. He's giving up several runs to bad teams. He's had one good start in which he struck out about sixteen or something, but that's not enough to get a guy to get traded for pieces at the deadline. I, I don't know who would want a guy like Lance Lynn well, right you now. Guys... I'm going to jinx well, it probably. apparently, in your opinion, the Braves. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going to get moved, but like, or I thought he was, but he had two more bad starts since the last time we've talked about this. And it's it, it's just, I don't understand. I mean, he's been, he's been below average in, in Woba and even expected what was pretty bad too. It's, Lance might, I don't know. Now that I'm saying this out loud and on the podcast and in front of everyone, he's probably going to become the greatest pitcher of all time at the deadline and, you know, have a crazy run. You feel like he's going to have a CC Sabathia type of run? No, because CC was good when he got traded. But uh, this this is just not good. I mean, he's got a hard hit percentage of 40%. He is letting up hard hit balls 40% of the time. That is insanely high for a pitcher. He's striking out people, but he's doubled his walk rate from last year. To be completely fair, his hard hit percentage has pretty much only gone up since his since he got into the league. I, mean, I guess, but uh, I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not sold. Not a soft contact guy, strikeout guy, but doesn't really, you know, limit runs at all. So not not sold on Lance Lynn. At this point, I don't Joe Kelly though. Joe Kelly, I think, will definitely be moved. Everyone needs Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly had a bit of a down season uh, last year, but he's returning to form slowly. I mean, he had, a, I think, a bad outing uh, maybe last week, but he still looks very good. Um, and, I mean, he's been pretty consistent this season, except for that one bad uh, outing. I can check the game logs. Yeah. Um, it's actually a lot more recent. Um so, right, it says seems bad, right? But the ERA is inflated by a few bad games. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So He has a 4.82 ERA. With an expected of three. So that's actually on par for the best of his career. So um, Joe Kelly, I like him being moved at the deadline. So uh, There's no reason why the White Sox should keep him, and he's actually effective. Yeah. So so it says uh, his potential fits are C. Hernandez. Everyone needs a reliever, right? So I scroll up to the – because the other player is Carlos Hernandez, right, relief pitcher for the Royals. Uh, and his potential fit, so so is Joe Kelly's, is he's a hard-throwing, controllable relief pitcher. Every contender could use a hard-throwing, controllable relief pitcher. That's Every team that's a contender needs a strong bullpen, right? And I think Joe Kelly and Carlos Hernandez are both two decent fits for that. Yeah, I mean, Carlos Hernandez is a guy who's not really um, more well-known. Um, I mean, I guess moving on to he's him. on the he's, Royals. So. Yeah, he's not well known. Was not very good um, in his previous seasons as well with the Royals. So that doesn't really help his case. Um, sometimes the light goes on for people later age, um, but it seems it seems he's uh, up the fastball usage and and velocity. So I mean, that's really what you want to see from a guy like this. So this might be the breakout we're looking for. I don't sense too much regression with this guy. I mean, I can look at his expected stats, but from what I'm seeing, it seems like he actually looks like this is a breakout season, and there's another season of control. So this might actually be a player that can get a decent haul. I mean, yeah, I could definitely see it. I mean, again, controllable. The the two big things are if they're decent enough and if they're controllable, right? He's decent enough and he's controllable, right? And if you send him to, like, the Dodgers or the Braves or something – they can definitely tinker with him and get him where they needed to be, right? 
Um, moving on, a trade that has happened, right? We've talked about all these phenomenal trades and, and whatnot, but a trade that has happened is Shintaro Fujinami is heading to the Baltimore Orioles, right? Have we talked about that yet, Tom? We have not. Um, so <laughs> this guy has had about a, about a month or two of good of good pitching for the A's, and as soon as they see that, they immediately boot him. Um, that doesn't take away from the fact that he still has an 8 ERA, uh, and that as soon as he comes to uh, the Orioles, he is bad again. Uh, he's pitched one and two thirds innings, given up three runs. Um, that thing gone. That's two better. Than, that was better than his first start in uh in Oakland. To be completely fair. Yeah, I mean he's been looking better every month. He's settling in for sure. Um, and so I think that the, the Orioles can definitely thing, work with him. The big thing with him was his control. He has not been able to locate the way a, a major league pitcher should be able to, right? And I think definitely the Baltimore is a good spot for him to go if he wants to go and fix that. Right. The Oakland there, the athletics got uh, a minor leaguer lefty named Easton Lucas. Um, don't really know a lot about the guy. I'm sure he's probably terrible because you know, he's the Oakland athletics wanted him. Um, what do you, it's, it's sad to watch. It, it's sad to watch, but I'm, I'm glad Shintaro is free from the athletics and their poverty franchise. Um, uh, I know he came up as a starter this year, but that didn't really work out. So he's been coming out of the bullpen. I wouldn't be surprised if Shintaro has a good second half of the season and starts next year as a starter for the Baltimore Orioles. Cause they definitely need one. Um, but for right now, it seems like the role he's going to be playing is a long relief guy. Uh, they have two of the best relievers in baseball. Why not add a third one? Uh, another flamethrower for the rotation. I mean, for the bullpen. So I think it's useful. Um, um, I think they should have gone out and got a lefty, but I mean, Shintaro might be the guy that they want. He's cheap, and honestly, it's a move that no one else was really thinking of. I guess. I mean, we weren't thinking about it. We didn't even talk about it, right? Easton Lucas is up in AAA right now. Uh, this since he got to AAA, uh, he has a four six one ERA in ten games, one hold, one save, and thirteen and two thirds innings pitched. Not terrible. His minor league career, he has a 3-9-8 ERA, 8-4 record, 10 holds, 3 saves, and 116 two-thirds innings, a 1.2 whip. Not not terrible player. Not terrible player, and has team control, which is very, very important, right? You're giving up Shintaro Fujinami, who his contract's up after this year. You're getting some value for a player that you probably shouldn't have gotten any sort of value from. I, I, think I, like, I think I like the trade. I like the trade from Oakland's perspective, in all honesty. I don't. Um, but I mean, why? Is, is Shintaro Fujinami going to resign? He's not. It was, it was two years. Okay. But I'll look it up right now. I'll look it up right yeah. now. Look it up right now. Anyways, I, I like the trade, right? Because you're not going to. There's no value from Shintaro Fujinami outside of this season, right? You're gonna. He's he's not coming back to Oakland. It'd be stupid for him to come back to Oakland. He needs to go to a team. Like Baltimore or like Atlanta or Los Angeles that can tinker with him and or Miami even that can tinker with him and get him to where he needs to be. Hey, so they're on a they're on a uh he's on a one year, so he's he's a free agent next year. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> um anyway, my point stands. Um yeah, I, I think it was a good move from Oakland. I you can hate me if you want, but I actually I do. 
Uh, I mean, I guess that's what they needed to do. Um, I mean, they were waiting for him to kind of have a breakout, and he was having a, a decent breakout in Oakland. And as soon as that began, it was over. Uh, I think it was over when he signed the contract. But um, realistically, I think it was time for him to go. That's a good move, I think, for both sides. Um, so that, who knows? No real big trades have happened yet. Um, I mean, yeah, I want to talk are... about a couple. Go ahead. We're what? We're two two weeks and two days from the deadline. So Wait, what day is yeah. it on? August first. So right. two it weeks was, and two days. It was just a week. A week and two days. My bad. I'm a week ahead. First day. Week behind. Uh, but hey, the so this week there should be a bunch of stuff starting to pop off. Giants. I'm looking at you. But I wanna I wanna because we've already I, talked I'm about not. the deadline. We've already made discussion about the the thing, but I wanna call a couple audibles on this. Um I no. guess hold on, it's devs. Let me let me pull something up. Let, um, do not let him cook. I'm let let me cook. Ugh, let me see. So I wanna play a game with you, Stevs, called Oh god. Sell or no sell, updated team edition. Okay. Angels. Not what they should do, what they are going to. I don't think they're selling anymore. I think it's over. I think they are going to finish the season. I think they're going to finish the season and not trade Shohei and not trade anyone. And maybe even buy because they're within the race. So Artie Moreno. Was it a Cardinal? The Cardinals. I think I think it was yeah, it was Jack. It was Jack Flaherty. I was like looking through, and Flaherty was like, "I was like, I feel like the Angels are just gonna randomly buy like Jack Flaherty or Scott Barlow or someone, or like Brad Keller, just like randomly just go out and buy someone and then sell everybody else." I I just feel like that'd be such an Angels move. Yeah. So what do you got, Stavs? Uh, they need to sell, but I do agree. I think they're gonna hold their cards. All right, next team. Equally controversial, the Padres. I think they're going. I don't. I don't think they're gonna like full sell, kind of like Brad thought they were going to. I think they'll probably move like Hater or Snell or something, like one of one or two of two pieces to kind of retool, and hopefully go on a winning streak. I don't think they're gonna full sell. I do think they're gonna sell a couple pieces and maybe. I think they're gonna buy. I think they're gonna fully buy because this team loves going all in. They're coming back now. I think they're only six games out of a wild card spot right now, or five and a half. A lot though. I know, but considering how bad the Diamondbacks, the Giants, the they Phillies, and the Reds have been playing recently, it's very possible this team goes for it. And I mean, even if they come up short, they're they're still going to go down swinging. They always do. So so okay. So let's look at it like this: the Reds are going to buy. I'm just looking at the, sorry, the National League wild card. The Reds are going to buy. The Diamondbacks are going to buy. The Giants should buy. The Phillies should buy. The Marlins should buy. The Cubs are probably going to sell. The Brewers should buy. Um, yeah, I'm, just, I'm looking at the wild card. I'm looking at the National League. This is the wild card at the, at the moment, right? Yeah. That's, I'm going down in the order. The Cubs should sell. And then it's the Padres, who's half game back from the Cubs. I, I don't see it. If I all see the five teams, if the five teams ahead of you are buying, right, 
and then the Cubs are selling. It's it's it is a five game deficit between the Marlins and the Cubs. So I guess five and a half. Game, Do you think the Marlins are going to buy? They've been yes. playing so bad, but they're going to buy. I think they're going to buy and try and reboot. Wait, I mean, we talked about it. I think the Marlins are going to be one of the most active buyers. I, I they were you no you played. want them to be the most active buyers. They're not going to because they're the Marlins. I think I think they are going to be. That's why I said I think they've been they very be. inactive as a team. They don't really make many big. You're inactive moves. as a team. I don't think so. Um. Um. But right. So, Padres. You're thinking they're gonna buy. I don't think they're gonna buy. I think they're gonna. Sell. I think they're gonna soft sell and try and bounce back for next season. I think it'd be stupid for them to trade Juan Soto. This season, next season, yeah. um, Mets are gonna sell, Cardinals are gonna sell, Pirates are gonna sell, Nats are gonna sell, Rockies are gonna sell, CJ Crone, hopefully. Sounds good. Sounds right. Uh, yeah, right. I don't think anyone in the AL East will be selling, um, regardless no. of the position, regardless of, yeah. Hey, Baltimore though, Baltimore took over first place in the AL East, and they're two games up now. So, two games but up. they've also they've also played like five less games. It's crazy. I don't know why. Um, um, twins and guardians. Ah, uh, this is painful. The guardians have to, if the twins are the only team buying in the AL central, that's Twins free. should buy guardians should buy tigers, white Sox, and Royals should sell Rangers should buy Astros should buy angels should sell, but they're not going and then, to, I'm saying they should, I'm saying should not will. Ah. And then Seattle, I think should buy. I think, I think Seattle should, I'm not saying like, Full chips in on the table, but buy a couple pieces with team control, and then they'll bounce back next season. Yeah, you've I mean, already seen how you've already seen how fragile Texas is because Texas has had a lot of injuries this season. They've just happened sporadically. If that lines up at an improper time, very good for them. And Houston's also been injured a lot this season, so they aren't playing as well. If Seattle can stay fully healthy through a season with more pieces added, I think next season could be theirs to take the AL West. That's tough. Um, and then at the Oakland, but I don't. I'm, go- I'm going. Are they going to sell Brent Rooker? Yeah, they should. I mean, I was, I was, yeah. Brent Rooker should definitely be going. Um, as for the Mariners, I think they're gonna they're gonna minor sell at the deadline, maybe a little retooling action. But I mean, this is obviously I think, a team. I think not, a retool would be nice. It's not a team at the end of its of its lifetime. It's definitely it's definitely the start. You know, of this of this this maybe dynasty. Again, we did talk about it. I think I think Shohei Otani is a good fit there. I think if you go out and get him, trade a couple things, try uh, and Giants, get him, try and see if you Giants, have that baby. extra time with him. Try and see if you could sway him to stay in the AL East, AL West, and stay with you. Um. So yeah. I mean, speaking speaking of Shohei Otani, uh. I don't remember what was the next topic. I have I have a rookie of the year Otani versus plus MVP Otani and twenty three Otani is best of both. I mean, we can talk about how Shohei's on pace to do better than his MVP year and his rookie. I mean, obviously rookie of the year is better, but I think this is this MVP would be more meaningful to him. But honestly, we can talk about how he hasn't looked that good on the mound recently. Um, look at oh my god, I'm looking at his home run splits. I mean, well, let me put up this picture so after. in in. So, okay, so literally, so I'm looking at this graph, right? And in 2018, his his home run, like, dead zone, like, like hot zone, was, like, straightaway center field. 
In 2021, his MVP season, it was all to the pull side. And then this season, he's using, like, all of the field pretty much. He's using that center field gap he liked in his rookie season, and he's using that pull side that he liked in his MVP season. And it literally, the spray chart looks exactly, like, eerily similar. I'm not going to say exactly the same, right, because he's not fully spread out, but it looks, like, eerily similar. Yeah, I mean – I want to talk about Shohei. I mean, the hitting's obviously there. I mean, he would probably be in the MVP conversation if he was a left fielder and not not even a pitcher. Um, but I kind of want to talk about how his walk rate has definitely been up. Strikeouts are about the same. Um, but he's getting hit harder than normal. I I think it has to do with the with. Do you think it has to do with the finger issue that he was having earlier this season? I mean, he it, and he's been pulled a couple times early because of that, right? Like he gave up his first back to back home runs to the Pirates. It was what G Man Choi and Henry Davis back to back. Henry Davis was the first person to hit two home runs off of him in a game. Like, there's definitely some regression on his pitching side. Uh, we're saying some regression, like that's a bad thing, right? Like he's still a competent pitcher on the mound and can hit absolute bombs on the field yeah i see it getting better i just i'm a little worried seeing the expected woba go up and up over his last couple starts um i think he definitely needs a confidence booster i think playing a team like the national i mean the uh, athletics would definitely help <laughs> wait no i just got swept. i can't say anything yet okay um yeah, it's on you. <laughs> it literally yeah. just happened no but um, i think i think I mean, all they play tigers the tigers starting tuesday I think all the blockbusters that we mentioned in that trade deadline video will not be traded, except for Paul Goldschmidt. I think uh, at this point, yeah. Shohei's not going. Soto's not going. Oh, did you see, uh, speaking of Paul Goldschmidt, Wilson Contreras, they put Wilson up on the block. To trade? Yeah, anyone's biting. Yeah. You think anyone's biting on Wilson Contreras? Oh, I mean, there's a couple teams that could really use a catcher. I don't know if you want to get a Wilson Contreras. His, his, his uh, peripherals don't look bad. In fact, they look really good. Um, so, I mean, it wouldn't be the end of the world, but he's definitely not, uh, exceeding those expected stats. So Tampa's catcher on the surface, it does not look good, but, um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule him out. I really wouldn't. Um, he doesn't look that bad. Expectable, expectable was the exact same as last year. It, it's almost like he's identical to what he was last year. And last year he was considered one of the best catchers in baseball. So I don't know. If there's going to be some regression to the mean here, but right now I, I I still think he's he's a decent piece to be moved. I'm just looking at catchers. What do you think about the Guardians? Could be a decent. I mean, the Guardians catching staff has been beyond it. Bad. David like, Fry, I'm... Cam Gallagher, and Bo Naylor. Oh, I mean, you can't you can't you can't block out Bo Naylor. He's been good, but um, I mean, you can also run DH. Uh, Rangers, no Jonah Heim. Astros was the Ast- Astros have they have a young guy I, I forgot what his name is or it's something Diaz but yeah Yanier Diaz and then Martin Maldonado um I'm just, I'm just looking through teams that I think could have worked no Kyle Riley not the Braves not the Phillies Marlins don't rule out the Marlins they got doesn't, Jacob Starling so doesn't really bad. doesn't really help their defensive need of a catcher but it definitely adds offensive production i mean i, I could actually see a team like the like yankees going out i could see a team like the yankees go. they just lost trevino for the whole too. season oh yeah with that hand injury um i see it as, as one that could happen um 
don't see the Twins like or the... Guardians fighting, but I think I think the Yankees and the Marlins are the two teams, and I think mm-hmm. in, in a in a bidding war between the two, the Yankees are going to win ten times out of ten. So, um, I see the Diamondbacks catcher. I don't see the Diamondbacks going out to do it, but they have Gabe Moreno. Oh, Carson that. Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, I I like the, I think I like the Marlins. Okay. Okay. But, I agree. I think I think there's been some shifts. I think there's been some shifts because right now, I mean, obviously you got the Giants sucking, but at the same time, you got the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks are sucking. The Phillies have been pretty bad. The Reds are beating the Phillies, so that's good. So now we're all at the same level. Or was it not? The Reds were the Reds were beating the Diamondbacks. They're beating the they're beating the Diamondbacks. And the Marlins are, are are kicking themselves in the foot. They're just going out of playoff contention. They're just exiting really quick. So Right now, every team in contention is uh, kind of so at this so. Level. All right, right now, I think Marlins, Phillies, Giants, Diamondbacks, Reds are in contention for the wild card spot, along with like you know the Brewers. Yeah. Um, at least in the National League, because I don't, I think, I think the Dodgers are gonna, or I think the Dodgers are pretty much sewn up the West unless something ungodly happens, and obviously Atlanta's sewn up the the NL East. Um, as far as the American League, Tampa, Houston, Blue Jays, Red Sox, Yankees, freaking Angels. I don't want to include the Angels in this. Include them. They deserve to be there. Because, like, the like, right? So it's the Angels are four, Mariners are four and a half, and the Guardians are five and a half. Because obviously, I think the Guardians have a shot, but that's only because the the, the the NL or AL Central is so bad, so I think they're going to be fighting for the division. I don't think they're fighting for a wild card spot. The Angels, yeah. if they go out and buy, then maybe they're fighting for a wild card spot. They're only four games back. I mean, so give me give me your three wild card AL teams and NL teams right now. I mean, at this current point in time, what did I have? I'm just what? What am I? I don't know where my notebook. Went. My notebook is gone. Find it later. I have my notebook. Oh, it's right here. I found it. Uh, what did what did I have? Let me try to find it. I had Diamondbacks, Phillies, Giants, in the National League, and then O's, Astros, Blue Jays, in the American League, which would be right, so... Rays, Astros. So I'm making I'm making some I'm making some changes here. I I'm switching it to Tampa Bay at number one, Toronto at number two, and Boston at three. That's right. You were on the you were on that Toronto hate train when we did. It I, I changed time. my mind. I, I changed my mind. It's the pitching looks I a little bit. I still like I I still like Rays, Astros, Blue Jays, or O's, depending on how the American League East shakes out. I think the Red Sox will be just under, and then it'll be the Yankees. And then I still like, I kind of I I don't know, man. The Reds the Reds are are a fun team to watch, but I do need I think the Diamondbacks and Giants need to be in there, and I do like the Phillies as well. Again, I I'm not gonna make my final save until after the deadline. Yeah, I mean, after I the talk deadline, about I, we're yeah. gonna do we're gonna do a whole like this is where yeah, everyone's they, at. This is what we think is gonna happen again. 
All right, last thing we talk about is the NL wild card. Then, so who do you have in it? At this point in time, I'm gonna go with with what I had, which is Diamondbacks, Phillies, Giants. Okay, we're on the same page. So you think one of Cincinnati or Milwaukee falls out of contention? Yes. And I agree with you. I'm, I'm glad you agree with me. All right. Well, with that, I hope you guys did enjoy this episode. And if you did, please, you know, leave a like, leave a comment or anything down below. Uh, leave your feedback. Come check us out on all our social media platforms. We got Twitter. We got Instagram. We got a TikTok. We're a little dormant on a lot of the social medias. I'll be pretty honest with you. Um, but we're trying our best. Uh, we're getting through the summer so far, and we're going to kick it into high gear as the postseason wraps up. Um, if you guys enjoy, though, leave a like, leave a comment. I already said it. But I'm going to say it again. I'll see you guys next time. Peace. Steve!